Hey, this is Ebony, and you are tuned into Fixing Single, the podcast. Welcome back. Um, in this episode, I actually sat down with a really interesting guy that I met on a work trip. I was at a conference and ran into a guy named Vikram Ravi. And he and I were just, you know, talking shop, you know, like you do at conferences. And uh, the conversation actually turned into, hey, I have this podcast and it's about dating. And, you know, would you be interested in coming on? And so I'm so grateful to him for, you know, being flexible and just, you know, willing to say, sure, let's do it. And this really is just a conversation um, that we had uh, in particular about faith and, and how you introduce that into a relationship, especially if the person doesn't share uh, the same faith as you do or actually doesn't subscribe to any faith at all. And uh, we got a little bit into requirements and just about everything in between. And so I hope you enjoy. And without further ado, here's Vikram Ravi. My name is Vikram Ravi. Uh, I am from the San Francisco Bay Area. That's where I was born and raised, both my parents, though, uh, were born in India, um, so I grew up there and lived my life. My parents were divorced when I was four, um, so I grew up uh, going back and forth between both houses my whole childhood. Oh, you're um, getting really deep into it already, like even in the introduction, you're letting, you're well, letting them know. Because, I, I mean, just some, that's an important part of my identity, actually. And I actually think that affects a lot of how I view relationships mm, and dating okay. as well. So I don't know. I just thought that was important <laughs> to share. Uh, but yeah, went to college, uh, did a year at UC Davis, and then did my, and then I actually took a two-year break. I served as a Christian missionary uh, in India, for t- in South India for two years. And then I finished my degree in business strategy at uh, Brigham Young University, um, and then I've been in the world of digital inclusion <laughs> for the past four years. So, um, and that's how we met. So we are currently at a digital inclusion con- conference. Yes, right. Yes, and so that's uh, the world that I've been in for the past four years because initially I was interested in the juvenile justice system, and that was kind of the world that I was passionate about. And when I was in college, I volunteered at a detention center um but um you know what drew me to digital inclusion was that it kind of sits in the middle of all of these other social issues because you look at every social issue of our day whether it's you know economic development whether it's healthcare, whether it's you know immigration all of these different issues involve technology civic participation and our ability to access technology is at the center of the ability to scale solutions accessibility to services and so for me i just kind of thought this is this is a great way to be involved with a lot of different worlds yeah um and so that's what i've been doing i've worked with uh, a couple of different organizations on their digital inclusion programs, worked with seniors, worked with immigrants, worked with refugees, um, and I've loved it. So Yeah, so where do you live now? Now I live in Salt Lake City. Yeah. Uh, I used to live in Provo, Utah for three years, 
And then while I was in school, and then I moved to Salt Lake City, and I've been there for about two years. I think you're the only person that I know that has lived in Utah. Like, I don't think I've ever met anybody from Utah. Yeah, you don't meet, <laughs> you don't meet people from Utah often. You don't meet Indians from Utah that often. And you don't meet Indian Latter-day Saints wow. from Utah that often. You have a very interesting background. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Let me tell you a little bit about how this, you know, episode even came to be. So, are, is, is it okay for me to call you Vic by short? Or do you like Vicar? Uh, Vic- Vikram. 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 Yeah. It's because I'm hard of hearing. And when you say Vic, sometimes I don't even oh. know. Sometimes I don't even know if you're saying Vic or Nick. Oh, or Vikram. Yeah. Got so it. Vikram, Vikram helps me know. So Vikram. So we were um, having a conversation. We were at one of the Google Fiber uh, reception events. And so we had met already. So it's Tuesday. So this is the second day of the conference. And we already met the first day. And so we were huddled up in a corner and we were just talking about random stuff, Bible verses. And, and then we started talking about dating. And I was like, so Vikram said something very profound and I'm like yo will you be on my podcast he was like uh sure and so this is how we ended up having this conversation and now we're recording it and so uh today's episode really is going to kind of um we're going to kind of dive a little bit deep into interfaith relationships and I would just say faith in relationships yeah so that's what we we're talking about, and it was really uh, super organic, and so, um, which is like, I say that all the time about Fixing Single, like why I have always been so excited about it, because it doesn't matter, you know, where I am, who I'm talking to, what environment it is, there's always going to be a discussion that comes up a little bit about, well, are you dating, and, you know, what is your opinion on this, and it's just like, it, it, it transcends you know, all ethnicities and religion and just everything. And so that's what we're here. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that today. And so I guess my first question to you, um, we were talking a little bit about my last episode. So episode three um, was called What's the Fruit? And I was kind of getting a little bit deep dive into why it's important to really kind of ascertain somebody's character through the fruit that they're producing. So whether they're producing fruits of love and patience and all of those things. And it's, it's easier to kind of discern that when you haven't gone too deep into it with the person, like, you know, say for instance, you guys have gotten, maybe you're six months in, or maybe you guys have gotten physical. It's much easier to kind of brush things off it's just like oh that's just a fluke like that's probably not how they really are they were really angry when really no that's how that person's character is and so when I talked about fruit you said something a little bit different so what was your Mm -hmm. your take on that yeah and it's not different I think it's just another way that you know Christ talks about the fruits of the spirit and that's he uses the word so one one word is the word countenance um, but um, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about how um, in our you can see that light in your eye um, and that it comes through that light in you, that light of Christ can come through in your eyes and through your whole body. Your whole body can mm-hmm. be filled with that light. And um, the one word um, 
we use in our faith is the word countenance to Mm -hmm. kind of describe um, kind of that physical manifestation of those fruits of the spirit that you see in another individual as a bright countenance. Got it. Got yeah. it. So it's like that, almost that aura that you get from a, uh-huh, another person. Yeah. I mean, people <laughs> call it that when you say, Oh yeah, I see that glow, <laughs> that guy, he just had that glow <laughs> about him. Uh, you know, that that's almost like a secular phrase in my mind for the word countenance. Or okay. countenance. Okay. So you talk about your faith. What is your faith? So I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Many people refer to us as Mormons. Mm. Um, we um, don't refer to ourselves as that. Uh, that's actually considered, uh, a lot of people don't know, but um, that's actually a derogatory word that's used. Really? Um, and it was initially used because I think if you're familiar with the history of the church, you know that... M- Mormons were persecuted. Um, Latter-day Saints were persecuted. They initially, their faith began in New York, but literally fled from state to state and um, states such as Illinois, Missouri. Um, there In Missouri, there was literally an extermination order for all Mormons. And so they used the word Mormon as this negative, mm. as a negative term to kind of alienate them from other Christians um, when in reality we consider ourselves Christian you know uh, the name of our church is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and mm-hmm. Latter-day Saints because we believe these are the last days oh, um, okay. and so um, you know that's the reason why uh, we call ourselves um, that but yeah that's just so people know uh, like I I know people say the word Mormon a lot, and I just wanted to clarify that. I never knew that. Yeah. So I do not know a whole lot about the, um, is it Latter-day Saints? Yeah, you can just refer to Latter-day Saints. Latter-day Saints. Saints. So I, I, I have a, um, a colleague that is of the Latter-day Saints, but um, went to go see the Book of Mormon. Uh-huh. The oh, musical. my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And I'm assuming you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but oh. many many members have of her faith have seen it. Ooh, yeah, it's it's abrasive. Yeah, I know. It's abrasive. Okay, yeah, I know. okay, <laughs> yes. So I, I did. My know own that. family member, my brother and his girlfriend, have seen it. A lot of people I know have seen it. Really? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So that so good. That's an interesting lesson to to know that that is um, not the proper term to use. So. Um, so being of Latter-day Saints, has that increased your, uh, dating opportunities or decreased it, increased? Like, uh, how has that affected your, your... Well, it, it, it's had everything to do with my <laughs> dating experience because it, when you look at modern, modern day culture around dating, most people, most of my friends, most of my peers, um, I can't think of you know everyone i know when they talk about a first date the standard tinder first date is let's get drinks mm. or the standard you know after you know three four dates is we're gonna have sex so for me like the world of dating is a completely mm. different world and a different uh i live in a completely different world and i feel like because of that there's a lot of my friends growing up who aren't of my faith who just 
don't understand the world that I'm in today. And they try to give me advice as if they could understand mm. my perspective and, and my feelings. And, and for that same reason, I also don't, I don't really try to overstep my boundaries either. Mm. Um, unless I feel like there's something universally that crosses over that I can just share more. Never counsel or give advice, but just share my perspective. That's okay. all you can. I don't like to tell people this is what you need to do. I just say, this is my experience. Okay. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. That's a good way to, but do they come to you for advice? Or? Sometimes, yeah. And, okay. you know, I have two of my best friends are gay, actually. And, you know, we have conversations about our, our dating life all the time. And yeah. I think we just, you know, share our experiences and we say things like, you know, I, I can relate in this way mm-hmm. and we share our experiences and that's kind of you know how we do things and it's it works and it's (laughs) wonderful yeah so you talked a little bit about you touched on you know just how different it is dating for you can you talk a little bit about I don't know if you would call them standards but some of your principles some of the things that you were just like this is what I'm looking for this is the line that I won't cross like what what's that about well I can start with what I'm looking for Okay. So what I'm looking for, um, like, and I, I have this conversation a lot on <laughs> dates, actually. So I need to learn. I, that's why I, <laughs> I learned to kind of have a, have an answer. For okay. Okay. Because this is it's like, yeah. so what are you looking for? Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a popular <laughs> question. And for me, what I always say is, you know, the things that I look for is I look for someone who loves God mm-hmm. and who loves people. Um, and I find... Um, that to be the most important thing. Those are the two great commandments. And, um, you know, with that, I think some applications of that, how those two commandments manifest themselves Mm -hmm. is someone who, for me, one way that's manifested and something that's important to me is someone who's outgoing. I love someone who um, enjoys and knows how to interact with different people. Um, They're not afraid to talk to a stranger they're not afraid to talk to someone that's different than them that has a different belief than them a different personality different interests that's a nerd that's popular that's in the sports you know they know how to speak the language of of many people mm-hmm. um that's another thing that's important um I think another the other big thing that's important to me that another way that that love is manifested is through what they do and for me I don't care if um, what they're studying what their job is but my hope is that they see that whatever it is they're doing they see how that education that work is making the world a better place Mm -hmm. Um, and you know I you know my mom she used to be a lawyer but when she was raising us as a single mom, she worked at a grocery store so she could be close to home and raise us. And my mom always told me, like, every day at her job, she felt she had a purpose mm-hmm. because she was there to make those people in our community happy and ask them how they were doing and, and smile and be warm. And so I think whatever you do, just having purpose in what you do 
and that's something I'm attracted to. Okay. Um, so there's that, um, and then just someone who you can intellectually connect with. That's important to me, and I think the way that manifests itself is in in God's love is that you know you don't have to be super book smart, but you have to be able. I am looking for someone who can understand things and then not just say, oh, that's nice. Like if I tell them about how my day was or something from work, they're not just going to say, like I talk to them about the digital inclusion conference and they say, that's nice. I don't want that. I want someone who will process what I say and say, oh, tell me more about this or, oh. Curiosity. They're, yeah. they're, they, they have that yeah. intellectual curiosity. Um, so, so that's important to me. Um, and I'd say those are kind of, the main things that I look for. Um, That's a long list. Yeah. That's a long list. And it, it doesn't seem unreasonable. And you never said anything about looks. So that's interesting as well. But do you have look requirements? Are you asking what, physic yes. what physical features I look for? Yeah. Uh, I mean, so that's... I can give you a short answer. I can give you a long answer. The, the Basically, looks have evolved. Mm. over who I've been around mm -hmm. because I grew up in a predominantly white community mm -hmm. so growing and I'm Indian so I'm a dark South Indian so growing up I was into white girls because that's all I was around I lived in India for two years I wasn't thinking about girls and I liked a white girl back at home so still was into white girls when I was at BYU that's all there pretty much was mm. as well um, my first experience even being exposed to a, a large percentage of non-whites was when I was working at a refugee resettlement agency. Mm -hmm. And that I started spending a lot of time around Middle Eastern and Africans. Okay. Um, so I found myself um, attracted to those ethnicities um, more than white people. You know what they say. Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't know what they say. <laughs> Once you go black, you never go back. Oh, okay, yeah, I have heard that. Okay. I have heard that. Um, and so, yeah, I, so that was one thing. And then I started, I dated a girl from Columbia. And then, oh. and part of the reason why was because where I was going to church was primarily international students okay. from Latin America. So I started spending more time around Latins. And then I started finding myself more attracted to Latin So you girls. just like girls. like I do. And I admit, it's a, it, honestly, it's a thing. Like, I could tell you the sociology and social science terms, but essentially it's this. Who you spend time mm -hmm. around, you become, your brain becomes socialized be, because that becomes your norm. Yeah. And you become attracted to that. And so I don't, like, I say it for all ethnicities. All ethnicities... It, you know exhibit similar behaviors and patterns mm -hmm. who they spend time around that's who they're attracted to yeah okay so not bad so what are you bringing to the table what am i bringing to the table yeah as far as what so if i were to say like you just gave this list which is a good it's a good list it's a are you asking list. me to brag about myself yeah tell tell me like oh my God. tell me like okay so if i were to be setting you up if i'm thinking okay vikram you know is this great guy he's so help me give the selling pitch that i would give to somebody if i were trying to set you up like what are you what's 
what's your selling points? Uh, <laughs> I get a really awkward answering Why? Because well, I'm sure you get this on dates, right? Like, what? Well, and I'm at an unusual point in my life because I'm currently not working right now. Mm-hmm. And that's been, that's been really humbling for me. Okay. Because even you said yourself, I wouldn't date someone who's in between jobs. Yeah. So, and, and that exposes the vulnerability that I have mm. because I've been, you know, I've been working. I literally started working the Monday after I graduated from college. Mm-hmm. And so this is the first break that I've had. And I feel very, um, feel very weak and vulnerable because for me, mm-hmm. I'm a very ambitious person and like I told you I'm getting ready to go to grad school right now and like I'm involved with a lot of different um, you know coalitions and other um, sort of volunteer things that I'm a part of in the state um, but um, you know having said all of those things like it helps me realize like I w- when I'm thinking about the things that matter most for someone else mm-hmm. it has more to do with the heart and mm-hmm. has more to do with the qualities like ultimately once you start lift, listing off secular achievements after a certain point it doesn't really matter sure. um sure. and so for me like those things that i described to you about um what i'm looking for those are the things mm. i believe i bring to the table yeah. because and that's why I'm asking for those in yeah. return. Yeah, I don't, I, and I do, and I think that's important. I think you shouldn't, you know, require more of someone than you know than you're willing to bring to the table yeah. yourself. But it's very interesting. So let's pick a little bit on the whole like employment situation. So I do think sometimes men, and again, this might just be a condition of like society and blah blah blah. But men find their worth. Like women tend to find, and I am getting generalizing. Women tend to find their worth in their appearance. So, you know, am, do I look good? Do I, you know, am I able to bear a child? Those those types of things versus men are about providing. So am I able to provide? Like, is that how you kind of... It's not about providing, but, I mean, it more has to do with me feeling like I'm making an impact. Mm. Um, because ultimately, I, I already know if... I, I would actually be happy to marry someone that makes more money than me or works full time um, because I am the sort of person that even if that was the case, I would find the way I'd find a, I'm the sort of person that will make myself engaged in other meaningful things, whether it's doing part time remote work or working with different, you know, volunteer volunteer organizations or state you know, local, whatever initiatives, I'd find myself getting involved. Why, but why do so, why do, why are you the minority in that? Because I think a lot of men tend to feel either emasculated or they feel, they're in their feelings if they were to know that their woman made more than them or they were more, like, higher powered, like. I mean, then again, I can only say that in theory. I can't say how I'd feel in practice. Mm. Maybe in practice I would. And the other thing, to be honest, though, is I think that in girls, it depends on the girl. Right now, I think the dating culture I've been in, 
I find that there's fewer girls that most girls I date in in our faith tend to have more traditional views. Traditional views about gender roles. Okay. But then gen- there's a difference between ge- gender roles and gender norms. Okay. So roles, I kind of, in what we would say is in our faith, are more kind of divine, divinely appointed roles. And then norms are just behaviors and practices. So a norm, I, gender norm is something like opening a guy, opening a door for a girl. But I would say a gender role is, you know, God has kind of, ordained and kind of given men um, and women kind of different distinct features and different distinct things that complement and overlap in some ways, but in some ways are different. So for example, women kind of have a divine role as a nurturing influence. Um, You know, guys can be nurturing too, absolutely. But women biologically are more nurturing more empathetic and more compassionate sure um and so that you know there's certain ways that women fulfill that role and likewise with men wanting to provide and you know protect yeah um i meet pretty much every girl i meet always say how important it is they want a guy who can protect them (laughs) and make them feel like a woman and so it's like i i it's like I meet these girls that say like, oh, I want this equality, that equality. But then they also, there's certain nor- gender norms that society has reinforced that are very important to them to make them feel attracted to that yeah. man. And I think that's a big thing behind like the height requirement because I feel mm-hmm. like if you have this six two guy, you are going to feel safe and protected and you know, mm-hmm. more womanly versus like if we're the same height and a fight breaks out, like, do I have to jump in and yeah. like what's up? Oh, a tall girl put it to me very simply. I asked her, Do you date guys that are taller than you? And she was like an inch taller than me, maybe my same height. And she's like, I like to date people taller than me because they help me feel like a woman. Mm. Mm-hmm. And she said, when I date someone that's shorter, it's hard for me to feel like a woman. Mm. So, and that's like the essence, I think, of what they feel. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we're good. So, I, so we're, we're good. We're talking about requirements. So talk a little bit about, you know, those instances where you were dating. We were talking a little bit about you dating people that were not of your faith and how uh-huh. that worked out. So. Yeah. Uh, well... So my first relationship was my very first relationship that I had. And that was when mm-hmm. I was in high school. Um, I was a senior in high school. And I dated a girl of the Baha'i faith. Now, Baha'is are a faith. Uh, it's a worldwide faith that originated in Iran. Um, they believe in God. They don't drink. They don't smoke. Um, very... The, one of their biggest principles that they follow is they don't believe in backbiting and they believe backbiting is a sin equivalent to murder. Mm. Um, so so kind of like Catholics have the venial sin and the mortal sin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> back, back of all things. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. And um, so we dated and, you know, she was half Persian, half white. Um, and, you know, 
I started getting to know her and we were in the same class, a few classes together, started becoming friends and then we started dating and you know, at the time for me it was just young love. You know, I'd never I was never been in a relationship in my life. I'd never kissed anyone before and every girl that I ever liked never liked that I told never liked me back. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the fact that I there was a chance of an attractive like kind sweet girl that liked me back it was just like surreal to me and so when it finally happened like i love her this was so much it really was surreal um and the even the first time i held her hand was like one of the most surreal moments that is of my so life. sweet yeah uh, that is so sweet so uh, it was a, it was a day after valentine's day i was too afraid on our valentine's date to actually do anything <laughs> because i was just yeah i was just so you're just like oh my god being with you is just everything yeah I know. <laughs> uh so yeah so then it happened and relationship started you know it was interesting because i went on my first met her in september went on my first date with her in december and then we only were officially in a relationship in the end of February. And then I only kissed her for the first time in the beginning of April. Good grief. Okay. Uh, and then things you. ended in June, uh, right after the school year. And the thing was, was she was leaving on a year of service to French Guiana, which is in South, uh, South America. Okay. She was doing a year of service for her faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by the time she came back, I was going to be leaving for my mission one year after college. Now, here's the thing. She ended the relationship. She could she ended the relationship because it didn't feel right to her. And she said that she didn't love me that way anymore. And honestly, she never acknowledged it, but I believe it was because of her faith. And because she was you know she knew she wanted to marry someone of her faith because she was very devout and in her path Mm -hmm. that she was going in and she knew i was equally as much into mine and that is interesting because i had somebody ask me a question once because i said you know i want somebody to be a christian and they was like okay but what type like could you marry a methodist what about a baptist what about uh, apostolic like I don't know. I just want them to love Jesus. Like, I don't know. But so that is just interesting to me because it's like you're both good people. You both have a core faith. What's wrong with trying to blend that? Well, uh, <laughs> it it matters. It matters in our faith because um, I don't fully understand for her faith, but they do have wedding ceremony, like Baha'i wedding ceremony. Um but for us, um, in the LDS faith, the um, we are when two members decide to marry each other, they um, prepare to be married in a temple. Mm. And temple, um, when you're married in the temple, it's actually we consider it another ordinance. So it's the same way that baptism and receiving the Holy Ghost are ordinances. Mm-hmm. Um, the their outward physical rites that we do 
but they represent a covenant, a promise that we make with God. Mm-hmm. Um, so we believe that the marriage, which we call a sealing, um, is actually the highest covenant that we make here on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because we believe that the woman is without the man and the man is without the woman. In order to receive the highest degree of glory, um, we have to be sealed to someone. Um, and it's because exaltation um, is something that um, involves families. Okay. Exaltation is not something we can achieve. The greatest degree of glory we cannot receive on our own. And that's because we believe in this concept of progression and how eternal progression and reaching our full divine destiny is not something we do alone. Okay. The same way that you learn from your mother and your father and your um, you know, future companion, that's a part of God's plan. Mm-hmm. And so for us, that's so integral in, into our faith being sealed to someone that that's the reason why. Got it. Um, and um, I think if you don't believe that, I could understand why it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't believe that the have differences in the view of the marriage and what that specifically means, it makes sense that you could, why not? As long as your faiths, um, you can find a way to reconcile some of the interpretations of the okay. Bible or God or whatever it might be. Okay. So the first girlfriend was like, ah, you know, I, I want to be with someone that's of this specific Yeah, she thing. never explicitly said But that's what you, that was what that's you kind of took from. Okay. That's what I thought. So the second girlfriend. So the second girlfriend was six years later. So the first girlfriend when I was 18 and the second was, and she wasn't a girlfriend. She was just a girl that I started to have a thing with. Um, she, I was 24 slash 25 mm-hmm. um, and she wasn't religious okay. um, she had family who were uh, like I think a grandmother who was a member of the Church of Jesus Christ and then other family that was Christian and then she herself as she said was a lost soul of figuring things out <laughs> We know what that's about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so, and it was really interesting because I just thought she was the most gorgeous woman I'd ever seen. And I was just like, I just thought like, oh, she's just like that fantasy, that really attractive girl you see in the office that you never think you're going to be with. Yeah. Uh, but then like just through a series of various interactions in the office. Were you like going by her, her desk like, uh, do you have tape? <laughs> Not that. But yeah, I would you walk were. by and then I I'd find I'd walk by and then I'd make a conversation <laughs> with her and you know, I texted her a few times if she wanted to do something. The the first time we did something like we were joking about going to this restaurant where you can eat it for free if it's your birthday. Okay. So I said, let's go for it because it was her birthday. Yeah. Uh, so I went for And so her meal was free if someone else was paying. So I paid for your, that dinner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like $30 each. So um, so that was like the first time like we went out, okay. the two of us. And it was really nice. And, and she knew I was a member of, the, of the, my faith 
but she was like interested in okay. getting to know me more um and we did and you know one day we just like we were walking late at night and we held hands and i was like shocked that she <laughs> wanted to hold my hand and then like i never kissed her on the lips we did kiss on the cheek oh. uh but here's the thing she had completely different standards and i think she was very respectful because she knew what my morals were and her standards were what what do you i think her standards were she were completely different i mean i mean she drank she okay yes she yes. had sex yes uh, i didn't it's not like i talked with her yeah about that although i did hang out with her at a few times and she drank with me do you expect your partner not to drink yeah okay yeah All because right. the person who shares the same faith as me won't drink it's not a that's not a big thing okay it's not hard <laughs> to find in utah. oh it, okay in utah i was about to say what <laughs> Yeah, it's not, it's not hard. Okay, so all right, so, so yeah, y'all were very different. Yeah, so we were very different, but um, and that was the thing. Like as soon as I started, like as soon as I was like saying I was actually interested, like she, and like she knew that I was a little more serious. Like I was like interested in like being in a relationship with her. She knew because she was like. She was like, you're always going to be feeling like you want me to change. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, and I don't know. Like, that's not a guarantee. Yeah. Um, so she, the interesting thing was she didn't say I will never. She said, it's, I can't guarantee. Because you were, you were how old when you guys met or started? It was like, a, it was... Like one and a half years ago. Okay. When All right. we first met. All right. Yeah. So you're still kind of young, still exploring things. And yeah. She's yeah. just like, oh, I'm not ready to live that. Yeah. So, anyways, so that was pretty much kind of an abrupt end. Okay. And then I dated another girl. And then, ironically, coincidentally, one day after my relationship with this other girlfriend I had, she texted me. And, really? Yeah, and then we ended up having like another little mini fling for a month <laughs> and a half uh, that didn't amount to much other than like once, like we went and saw two, like we saw uh, Black Panther together and then we saw this other scary movie where we held hands uh, and yeah. I wish, you know, and that is so cute though, but I wish that I got that excited about hand holding and cheek kissing again that would be so yeah, cute well, once you yeah that's what so that goes to what you were saying about the fruits of the spirit yeah and the comment you were making earlier because the moment you have um the moment you have sex with someone that is a very that's you know one of the most sacred mm -hmm. things that we can do absolutely and so when you when you do that with someone that you haven't made a lifelong commitment to, you you'll view you'll view that relationship with them differently. And you know, I think one of the reasons why it makes things harder to discern um, what to do in a relationship mm -hmm. is because the physical the physical experiences you're having with that person can shroud your judgment. Absolutely about 
And that's what can keep people in Absolutely. bad relationships longer. Whereas because I don't have sex before marriage, and I know I'm still sensitive because even just getting physical with kissing and other, you know, just things yeah. can, that, like if I do too much of that because my scale is different than other people's scale because I haven't crossed that right. <laughs> So for me, just like even, uh, you know, much fewer things can can impair my judgment yeah. very quickly. Yeah. Um, and so I recognize how that can affect my ability to discern um, the spirit in our relationship and whether mm-hmm. it's there and whether um, I need to move forward or whether I need to step out. And, mm-hmm. it, and that's where I feel like in most cases, um, actually other girls have ended because I wasn't able to see that. Got it. Got yeah. it. Yeah. I was just blinded by love. And in some cases a little bit of lust. I think there's mm. all, all there's many situations where people don't want to admit it, but we we can be blinded by lust. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely believe that. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so what advice then would you give to someone who might meet like similar to, you know, this recent the 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 one girlfriend that you guys went to go see Black Panther, like it almost seems like both of you were almost willing to give a little bit? I mean, is that why you re-engaged? You're just like, well, maybe I'll have a beer. No, or whatever. Like, or maybe I'm okay with her having one, and we can work through that. Like, it sounds like both of you were kind of almost willing to give in. Like, what happened? Yeah, I mean, I was willing to give in in the sense I was willing to allow her to do those things mm-hmm. and still date her. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have, if she would, like, she would have still drank, but I was still willing to be with her as long as she was willing to be with me and not have sex. Okay. Uh, so. But. Yeah. It just ended up like not like this is too. Yeah, she didn't want that. Okay. She didn't want that. So would you recommend or what would be like, so going forward, now knowing what you've known and you've had these experience, are you now sure that you only will even entertain women that are of your same faith? Yes. Okay. Yes. But that is very much my personal decision. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily think that's right for mm-hmm. a lot of people and a lot of faiths. It just is something that it very much depends on the religion or faith that you're a part of. Yeah. And I think many faiths lend themselves well. Um, you know, my father is a Hindu and mm-hmm. my stepmom, who he remarried, is Quaker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my brother, you know, I don't know what he believes, but, you know, he's grown up with uh, LDS mom, a Hindu father, and a Quaker stepmom, and his girlfriend is um, comes from a Jewish family, and she's not a practicing Jew, but she definitely has some of those values. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think there's a lot of, I see interfaith marriages work so beautifully and interfaith relationships work beautifully. Mm. But that's because there's certain aspects of either the faith lends itself to dating or marrying someone Mm. um, of a different faith or they have, the faiths have the same view about what marriage is. That's a huge thing because marriage is not a secular institution. Okay. Yeah, you know, marriage is a spiritual um, institution, and that's the reason why there's, 
yeah, the, that's the source of contention today because between the left and the right is the right wants to uphold it as what it initially was mm -hmm. and um, the left has different the left has different views that everyone should be able to marry whoever they want because over time the, the religious institution became so commonplace mm -hmm. it became ingrained into society yes. and so if you're not part of that institution you're excluded and that's why even the concept of um, unions aren't enough because marriage is the only thing that feels like fully being a part of the society and yeah. part of the culture. Yeah, yeah. Which is why I think people who aren't religious continue to get married. But you're seeing today now more than ever, more and more people don't feel the need to get married because right. religion and spirituality is fading. And I think a lot of, we see in much greater numbers, people like, yeah, we can just live together. Yeah, we can just be partners. Um, or And if it don't work out, I get to walk away with what I came in, and you get to walk away with what you yeah. came in. People have separate, get married, and still have separate bank accounts. Yeah. Yes. And, yes. you know, all those very, yes. I'm sure you've seen all of those yes. things. I've seen a lot of, and, you know, and I think about that, too. It's just like, you know, what will I do with, just even those types of things. Again, doing life together, there's so much to it. And I think about, like, okay, so are we going to have a joint bank account? And then I got a little bit on my side, and he got a little bit on my side, yeah. and, you know. And if you don't want to have children, yeah. So that's another thing. A lot of people don't get married. If we're not going to have children, why bother get married? That's what a lot of people say because wow. it's, um, a lot of people feel, you know, being married is primarily a benefit to the children. Mm -hmm. And if not, we can just be together without yeah. that institution. Nowadays, I, some of my friends are like, F these institutions. None of these <laughs> things matter. Just we do as we, you know. Yeah. And I meet people on all ends of that spectrum, but I'm just, that attitude is increasing, surely, from previous generations. Yeah, definitely. Don't know how I could, I don't know the numbers per se, but. It's definitely changed. Yeah. It's definitely changed. Yeah. So, so what is your outlook for your dating life? Like, are you feeling optimistic? Um, how's things going? <laughs> yeah, things are going well. So lately, I have taken uh, from my last girlfriend um, a more friends approach. Friend, be friends with them first. Okay. And um, I guess the way that's looked like is um, inviting them to do things with groups um, just talking to them or texting them. Um, but, um, and I think the reason why I've done that is because, precisely because the moment I know, the moment you start both saying we're romantically interested and then you start, like, it creates an entirely new dynamic for the relationship. And that's why people often say, oh like you know we were best friends for like two years yeah and like those relationships that you hear that work that are like that it's because they spend two years it's not that they doesn't matter if you spend two years or five years but it's the fact that they spent that much time 
not focused at all in the physical aspect of the relationship, mm -hmm. but just getting to know their minds, their spirits. Yeah. Um, you know, you get to know someone in a very different and much more intentional way. But, and that is great, but as you get older, you will run into people who are like, I ain't got time for that. Do you want to be with me or do you not want to be with me? We need to figure this thing out yeah. or, or let's move on. Yeah, ain't, nobody, what, ain't nobody got two years to be kicking. I know. Well, that's why, <laughs> that's why I do the – I right now there's this girl that I, like, I I probably – I met her two months ago, but only, like, three, four weeks ago I thought I was actually potentially interested in her. Mm. So for the past, like, four weeks, we've just been, like – talking to each other i've invited her to something she's invited me to some things um actually on friday she like uh before i left to north carolina like i dropped her phone charger off at like 12 30 and she like we went on like a two and a half hour walk like drive slash walk around the city you do like the cutest city. stuff that was like uh, i haven't done this stuff since <laughs> high school that is so well, cute and, though well, and the thing and the thing is like I'm get, now finally it's been like almost a month okay and now I'm ready like this week uh, to like say okay let's go like so okay so you're going you're about to initiate the define the relationship yeah. also known as DTR you're about so to you know the DTR oh yeah I know DTR okay, yeah, DTR is very <laughs> commonly used in Utah. is it it's, oh gosh yeah. okay yeah so I know all about the DTR so you're yeah. ready now to have the DTR yeah I'm totally ready okay okay yeah I feel like she's been giving me some signs to do it, but also I at the same time I have no idea. And like I'm slightly more cautious because she's thirty um, and, and I'm twenty six. What that mean? Uh, it doesn't mean anything, but it's like I have to be more like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna pursue and initiate things. I have to be confident because what I've learned from my previous experience yes. is if you want an older woman, you come on now. You cannot be wishy washy. Come on, you, you are just have right? to be confident and act like you're <laughs> as mature and as you know whatever as they are. Men, what he is saying <laughs> is, don't come to us with no games. We're not here for the games. <laughs> Either you're here for it or you're not. We're not here for the game. So good. I'm glad you said. And you know, I the, the, I learned it because the night after I met this girl, my old girlfriend, uh, who when I was 25, she was 32. I knew I was interested. And I wanted to date her. So that more, I woke up at like six in the morning. I was like, okay, I want to ask her on a date, but I want to be confident. So I googled how to ask out an older woman. What did it say? What did it say? It was just like, don't, because I was considering like, because she knew my age and so I was considering like making like a, I know I'm younger, like I'm making like a self-deprecating yeah. type comment. And after reading that, I was like, no, don't bring up the age. Just act like you're old enough to, act like you're old enough to be with them. Huh. And don't even bring it up because then, you're implying for some reason you're not. Yeah, yeah. So we do. We like that confidence because yeah. immediately, if I if guy and this this is the thing, guys in their twenties tend to still step to me, and I'm immediately like, "How old are you?" Oh no! As soon as they say the, tw I'm I'm like, no. Yeah. But they're like, "Nah, I'm mature for my age." Just and the other be like, mm, "Okay." Well, someone's twenty nine and you're thirty five. That's not bad. 
mm, any anything with a tua it's just it's just it's hard it's it's, it's yeah. hard oh, for you I, to kind of like absolutely i mean the moment i that that's why i had to stop dating Rispro after because it was like i was just constantly thinking about how when i was gonna be 33 she was gonna be 40 Oh, gosh, and yeah. that was scaring the crap out of me. <laughs> I was like, I was mentally like thinking that I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to bear the burdens of being forty when I'm in my early thirties, and and then likewise <laughs> when she turns fifty, and I was like, you know, she couldn't do it. I couldn't do. I realized that's too much. So yeah, five years doable. Yeah. Well, you gotta let me know how the DTR um, goes, because uh, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, because I'm really interested to see how that that blossoms, because that that sounds really really cute. That sounds yeah. really cute. So, so anything else that you want to? Um, I know you said you don't like to give advice, but you know, for the listeners out there, because the audience is is a wide range of people, but I think it's everybody who's kind of. Um, trying to figure it out like you know it has been dating for a while and you know sometimes things work out well and sometimes they don't so any advice that you would um, give the listeners yeah I mean I think the biggest thing is sometimes people are afraid to get to know people fast and there's nothing wrong with getting to know someone as quickly as possible mm. um, and I think a lot of it has to do with how intentional we are in dating. Mm. I think some people date and I c- and they could spend a year with someone mm-hmm. and find out the same as dating someone for two or three months, but they're more intentional in how they're dating and what sort of things they're asking. Yeah. Because if I'm, reg- if I'm constantly thinking and being intentional about the questions that I'm asking and the things that I'm trying to get to know about their you know, their dreams, their ambitions, their passions, their attitudes about every single issue and thing. And, you know, those are the things that help me make a decision quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have fun in that journey. Yes. Some people say, like, I don't want to do that because it's too contrived and I just want to let things happen, which I totally get. Um, but I'm not, I don't want to waste time. Yeah. Um, and I think you feel that way. Yeah. So for those who don't want to waste time, like that's my main thing is just be intentional and be honest about that. And, um, you know, I, <laughs> and just go through, go through that process. Uh, there's this great YouTube video, this preacher. Okay. He, he basically, he goes through like asking like, every possible question and like this something i need to pull it up i think you. it's a td jakes one almost. maybe it uh, is. yeah because yeah. it sounds like yeah, yeah. it's and a td jakes like, what type of car does he have does he all, how does all, he treat his mama yeah like, what he is treat, he, and he yes. just goes on and on and on all these questions but that that he hit the he hit the nail on the head it's like of course you gotta ask these things and of course you gotta understand it's not personal it's not awkward mm-hmm. like people feel like oh, i can't do that too and almost because if they they're almost afraid that if i investigate it's going to shatter this image i have of them right uh-huh. because it's like you're you meet somebody and you're enamored and you like they touch my hand and you get the romantic yeah it's gonna take it away yeah. it's gonna take it away so it's like i almost rather not not I, I almost rather just imagine what or keep up the image that i have in my head of them versus really digging and finding yes. out who that person really is yeah because that's kind of scary mm-hmm. so anyway 
Well, you know what? I really appreciate you being so open and because this is so random. It was just it like, oh, so we were random. having conversations like, uh, do you want to record? You're like, uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. Well, you have some... Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. Yeah. So how can people do you care if people get in touch with you? Like, do you yeah. have Instagram? Like, yeah, I have okay. Instagram. What is Facebook. it? Uh, I think it's Vic. Vic.Ravi15. Okay. V-I-K. So we'll put it in the notes. Yeah. We'll yeah, we'll, notes. yeah, we'll put it in the notes. So if you want to um, actually see how this DTR, because I that is what I am just cliffhanging. Like, I cannot wait to hear how the DTR goes. And hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, once we see his Instagram, there'll be pictures. And we'll I get to see. I have never posted, the last picture I posted of a girl that I've dated was my girlfriend from high school. What? Why? That's a long time. Just because I don't post a picture unless, is your phone back? No. Hold on, let me make sure. Uh, Yeah. I don't post a picture unless we're both committed and things seem like they're gonna work. (laughs) (laughs) And it hasn't been that way since high school. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> well, like, there's some sure. girls I really liked, but I have, they didn't, I could tell they weren't quite ready yet. And then they would end things or I would end things. Got so, it. Okay. Yeah. So maybe y'all, this will make it May, to, I, to I'm IG. always hoping the next one is the one. <laughs> that, yeah. make, that makes it to, to IG. You always have to have that hope. You do. You do. Yeah. You have to. You have to keep, like, no matter how bad things get, I know sometimes, like, people is like, oh, I just don't want to do it anymore. I'm going to take a break. But you always have to kind of have that hope to get back in and yeah. get up there because, you know, you you that desire was placed on your heart. And I do believe that, you know, God wouldn't place it on our heart if he wasn't meant, if he didn't mean to fulfill it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, which is hard because you want, no, everyone wants to be tough and protective, mm. and no one wants to have their heart broken. And then get back up again and say, I'm ready to get my, like, here's my heart. Come smash it. You know, <laughs> no. No, no one. But at the same time, that's literally what we have to you do. Have to. You, you have, have to. You have to. You have to. So. Well, that's a good note to end on. Yeah. Don't be afraid to get your heart smashed into a bunch of little pieces. Yeah. <laughs> It'll get mended. It'll be fine. Yes. <laughs> Hey, so I hope you guys really enjoyed uh, that conversation with uh, me and Vikram. We had such a good time talking about everything under the sun. Um, and actually, the video the, or the pastor that we were talking about at the end uh, is Creflo Dollar, not TV Jake. So I will uh, share a link to that video in the show notes. Uh, so feel free to check that out. It's super funny, um, but really does give you some great questions to ask uh, that potential partner. As always, you can find me on Instagram at Fixing Single, Twitter at Fixing Single, or you can check out my website. That's www.fixingsingle.com. Thank you so much as always for listening. Uh, Be sure to rate the show. Um, If you like what you hear, uh, leave a comment, you know, uh, DM me questions if you have them. And I will talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening.